Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis. So, you want to ride a motorcycle better, faster, safer, with more skill and confidence? Or do you want to ride a motorcycle for the first time? Or ride again after taking a break from riding? Well, the purpose of my podcast is to help grow the sport of motorcycling by helping riders of all levels, whether they are new to motorcycling or not, increase their knowledge and skills so that they are better, smarter, safer riders and are getting everything they want out of motorcycling, whether it's on the street, on the track, or maybe even as a fan or a participant in some form of motorcycle racing. My game is to help all motorcyclists up their game. This is episode 56 titled Racer, Team Owner, and Technician, Melissa Paris. In this episode, I have a great chat with Melissa Paris. Melissa is a self-proclaimed street squid who snuck her way into racing and is currently the lead technician for the Altus Motorsports team, which races a Suzuki GSX-R1000 in the Moto America Stock 1000 series with rider Cameron Peterson on board. We start off talking about the team's very successful weekend at Pit Race, where rider Cam won both Stock 1000 races. We also talk about how Melissa got into motorcycles in college and made the progression from street rider to track rider to club racer and then to mechanic, professional racer, and team owner. And we discuss relationships and motorcycles, including a little bit about her son Hawk and her husband Josh Hayes and how banging handlebars with your spouse on the track can be very therapeutic and great marriage counseling. This episode was recorded as a live video shown using Facebook Live. So if you prefer, you can check out the video on my Facebook page, So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle. The link to the video is in the podcast notes. Stay tuned as I will be doing as many of these podcast recordings as possible using Facebook Live, usually on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I will, of course, continue to make the audio portion available via this podcast. You can email questions from my guests and I prior to the live show using so you want to ride at yahoo.com or even better yet, tune in while we're recording and post your questions online. We'll do the best we can to answer all questions while we record. Further instructions will be posted before each live show on my Facebook page. This episode was recorded on Wednesday, August 12th, 2020 and is being published on Monday, August 31st, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. Please remember that I love getting feedback from listeners, so when you're done listening, please message me on Facebook or Instagram or email me at soyouwantaride at yahoo.com and let me know what you thought of this episode. Anything you want to share with me will be a tremendous help and greatly appreciated. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place, because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, to anyone who is watching, my name is Chris Geis. I'm the host of the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast. This is episode 56, and my special guest tonight is Melissa Paris. So, hey, Melissa, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. So, um, Melissa, for anyone that doesn't know Melissa yet or about her, she's a self-proclaimed street squid who snuck her way into racing. She's also the lead technician and acting crew chief for the Altus Motorsports Stock 1000 team, which races a Suzuki GSX-R1000 with rider Cam Peterson. And this is actually kind of good timing. I know you and I have been kind of going back and forth about setting this up for a while. I think this is great timing because you guys just came off a huge weekend this past weekend at uh, 
at the pit race uh, winning, you know, Cam, Cam won both Stock 1000 races Saturday and Sunday. So congratulations. That's just awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it was after like a couple really, really rough weekends. We were ready for Lady Luck to be on our side. Yep, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, so maybe if you want to just, um, I, I didn't get a chance to do as much homework as I wanted to, um, but maybe if you could just kind of fill everybody in on how the season has gone, you know, leading, leading up to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, um, the whole thing is like kind of wild because I went pretty abruptly from being a racer to running my own team for the last couple of years. And um, basically for this year, I just didn't have anything. I had nothing lined up. And Cam Peterson called me, asked me if I'd like to work with him at Altus. Um, I thought that was a great opportunity. I knew he had a really solid chance at winning the championship. So um we didn't really get to do like he tested with the team a little bit before I came on board, but I mean, I didn't get to really start working with him until the first round at road America. And, um, we had a couple like, uh, technical difficulties. Cam definitely made things interesting by pretty much riding off a motorcycle, like on his third flying lap at the very first round. Okay. So, uh, we were just on the back foot a little bit and then just kind of like chasing some technical problems pretty much like the next, like from round two and round three. So to be able to get to Pittsburgh and start to sort things out and be able to give Cameron the bike that, you know, he deserves mm-hmm. <laughs> was pretty nice. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Had, did you have experience with the Jixer 1000 prior to working with Cameron? Or is this a new, new bike for you? Yeah, it's, it's wild. Like I never really thought about it, but you know, just based on my own history, I've pretty much always had Yamahas. So, um, Yamaha girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my husband rode for factory Yamaha for like yeah. ever. So it was just natural. And especially like I raced in the middleweight class for so long and that was always the weapon to be on, um, in super sport. So, you know, I just, I feel like I know an R6 or an R1, like the back of my hand. So, just kind of like like familiar familiarizing myself with the Suzuki and finding my way around it has been a little bit of an adventure for sure. And I can't just like think back and say like, oh, like I know you know it need, it prefers a long wheelbase or it perform like it wants a short wheelbase or you know I've got nothing. So I'm trying to <laughs> learn all that. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And it's it's interesting, I guess, because. Uh, obviously, you know, there's the mechanics and the physics of how motorcycles work. And that's all nice. And you could like read a book or be sitting in a classroom and, <laughs> and, and soak all that in. But then like when, when you look at what's involved in racing and, you know, you know where sometimes you've got a fraction of a second is the, mm-hmm. is the difference in time, racer to racer or lap to lap or whatever. There's got to be as much art to motorcycle setup is science, right? I mean, like, I guess, like, like how often do you sort of, I mean, I, I know there's data and you keep data from race to race and whatever, mm-hmm. but how much of it is kind of gut feel? Like, does it come a point where you just have to be like, let's try this, let's try that? There's definitely, um, like for me, like kind of my style with riding and working on motorcycles, I do like to rely on science as much as I can because I like things that are irrefutable and that I know will work. So especially when it comes to suspension, you know, there are just certain facts. If you do X, it will make the bike turn easier. If you do Y, it will make it more stable or, you know, all these different things. But there is an art. And I think the art really comes from being able to communicate with your rider. 
because mm-hmm. two people might feel the same sensation and describe it totally differently. Um, or you could take two riders and put them on the exact same motorcycle and they're going to bump into completely different problems. Yeah. So I, I think the real art is like being able to communicate, you know, and, and learn the language that your rider is speaking so that you can apply the science that you know to make it work better. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And I'm guessing that's something that's, that's just on the job training. Like that, that's just something you learn to do through experience, right? There's not like a, like you don't go to motorcycle mechanics Institute or something. And there's like a class on, you know, how to, how to get the racer to, to tell you what they need. Out no, of the bike, right. There isn't. I mean, part of it is just like luck of the draw, you know, like for example, like with Cameron for one, he's pretty easy going. And so he's not someone who's going to come in and say some tiny change ruined his, his life, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. Um, and he can usually like articulate pretty well what, he wants or doesn't want or where he's struggling. So sometimes you get a writer that will just come in and say, I don't know. I just don't feel confident. <laughs> and then well, you're uh, like, uh, okay, what, what I do I do with do that? that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm um, sorry. Uh, do better. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually pretty lucky because I think Josh really taught me a lot as a writer about that. So, you know, we were at Jennings GP one time for a track day. And at the time I was riding a 125, but he had me riding his CBR 1000 practice bike. So could not have been a more different motorcycle. And all weekend he kept telling me like, you need to go deeper on the brakes in turn one. And I was just like, why are you being such an asshole? Like, I know I need to. And finally, like at the end of the day, I kind of broke down a little bit and was like, I know, like, I can't, I'm scared, obviously. Like, why are you like beating me up about this? And he's like, of course you're scared. Why? Why are you scared? Like, what is the motorcycle doing that's scaring you? And then I'm like, well, it feels like it won't stop. And then he's like, cool, I can fix that. Ah, nice, okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it was like, it took an entire day to like get there because I didn't understand like, you know, how to like break it down. Like, yeah, the feeling I'm feeling is fear. Okay. Why am I feeling fear? Oh, because I feel like I'm going to end up in the trees, you know? (laughs) So, um, I'm lucky that I had Josh to kind of like teach me to like start with that feeling of, I don't feel confident and then find my way to what the reason was Mm -hmm. for that. And so I think now being on the other side of the wrench of it, it's nice because I can maybe know how to ask better questions to sure. help someone find their way there. Right. No, that makes sense. Is, is cam pretty technical? Like, cause I know riders are different, right? Like they, they may come in and tell you it, you know, I feel this, I feel that it's not doing this. You know, mm-hmm. I've also heard there are riders who'll say, you know, let's take two clicks out of the, the preload or something like that. You yeah. know, they, they just think that way. What, how do, where does cam fit? Like in, Um, I'm, I'm really happy because Cam's definitely not the person who like wants to tell anyone how to do their job. Um, he, he's real good. I mean, to be honest with you, we're fighting like a lot of technical problems. So we're like just now starting to really get into some setup stuff, but you know, he's the guy that's going to come in and say, I have chatter or, Hey, I was following another rider and he's able to get side from side of the tire to side of the tire quicker than me, you know? And that's great. Like th- that's good information for someone, you know, cause then you can say like, Oh, like, why can't you do that? Are you, you know, do you feel like it's not changing directions quickly or do you feel like it's not turning when it's leaned over and we can like work through it really well together. Right. So in that way, I do think he's technical, but sometimes you do get the writer who's like, you know, I want two clicks of comp and it's like, 
well, cool. Here's a wrench. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. That's, that's yeah. Good, yeah. Let me do my job. You ride, you ride the damn bike, right? <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes yeah. it's not, you know, and, and sometimes a lot of times someone might be right if they are yes, really technical, you know, like Josh is a really good example. I got to work with Josh at Daytona the last couple of years and, um, he is the guy that could come in and say, Hey man, I need two turns of preload. But one thing that's really nice with him is he still doesn't do that. He comes in and says, you know, I feel like I don't have enough support on the brakes. Like my gut is telling me we need more preload, but you know, where are all the settings at? Like, what do you think? Is there something else I'm missing? You know? Right. 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 So, Which is good too, I guess. Right. Because I mean, you have, you know, obviously the rider has their perspective sitting on the bike and and feeling what it's doing, but you have Mm -hmm. other information too, like whether you're watching on TV, what's going on or you're observing other riders. Right. And so you, you may have more to think with than they do, you know, just being by themselves on the bike. Yeah. A really good example, um, racing world endurance last year, we were at uh, Lake Castellet for the pole door and uh, I'm on a team of all girls in the world championship and all of us were saying the front end's too soft. Like we were just totally compressing the forks all the way to the bottom on the brakes. And we kept asking the guy running the team, like, man, you got to put bigger springs in it. you got to put bigger springs in it. Like the things down on the bottom, like we're going to crash, we're going to crash, we're going to crash. And he kept saying like, no, no, like we can't do that. Like you're, you're running a stiffer spring in the front than like the guys on pole. Like it doesn't make sense. And and so we were like going back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, as a rider, all I could tell you was the thing was on the bottom. So the only thing that made sense to me was give me more spring. And then, you know, go to the Olin's truck and find out like we had way too big of a spring in the back and that was overpowering everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like a really good example of like, yeah, I was feeling something that felt like I knew the answer, but I didn't have all the information, you know? Right, 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 right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so obviously, so as, as lead technician for cam, you know, obviously you, you know, you, you know a lot about working on bikes and the mechanics and whatever, where, where did you get your training? Like, are you <laughs> like formally trained or are you just no. self-taught or just watching other people or. So I, <laughs> I have a degree in accounting. <laughs> oh, okay. That probably helps. A lot. Um, yeah. It's zero help. Um, no, I mean, honestly, it just kind of started, you know, I, I raced and I've always been, mostly like a privateer ever. And so a lot of times needing to do stuff myself and, or do maintenance between rounds and then starting, I don't know, like 2008, nine, I started to like get more brave, you know, and just try stuff, you know? And I kind of found like a love for it. Like, um, Josh was out of the country racing and, I decided I was going to put a piston in my motocross bike and halfway through it, I decided I was going to put valves and like, you know, full top end on it. And it was like really intimidating, but I had this manual and it was like, step one, right. <laughs> take off body work, <laughs> you know? And to me, it was like, there's something really cool about if I just follow the instructions, it's going to work. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's really few things in life that are like that. And so um, like, I think, relation, like, like relationships and stuff. Yeah, like, that. like people mainly. So <laughs> I think that was kind of like what started like piquing my interest in it. And I started to get, you know, more into it. And the more I learned, I started paying attention to the bikes I was riding and, and seeing the the little ways that mechanics had made love to the motorcycle and, and made it really nice, you know, right, right. and 
and then noticing the ways that people were kind of like a hack, (laughs) you know? And so it just started to be fun for me. And, you know, I'm really lucky. I've got a couple really, really great guys that have taught me a lot. I mean, obviously my husband's taught me quite a bit, but, um, Chuck Giacchetto from Westby racing, he's been so cool. Like I can call him up at any time and be like, Hey, Hey man, like I'm in a bind. Like I just did something really stupid. How do I fix this? And, mm-hmm. you know, and so having him and then I've got another really good friend, Josh Alverson, who is a factory Honda technician and a Graves Yamaha technician. And it's, it's so awesome. Cause I can call someone up and, and like get immediate answers. Like what's the right way to do this, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 No, that's cool. Yeah. Have, have, yeah. Having resources like that and people to mentor you and, and whatever. Yeah. yeah really it's really cool. cool. And it's nice, especially when you're doing something that's hard, you know, I was sitting there like fighting with the clutch cover on an R6 struggling to get it in. And then to have the guy that worked at Graves be like, yeah, those things are awful. You know, like they're terrible. Right. <laughs> like they're like, not, don't, easy don't feel bad. Everybody struggles, right? Yeah. He was like, you literally have to do it 150 times and then it'll be easy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, how, uh, yeah. how, how long have you been riding motorcycles? Like, and how, how'd you get started? Um, Let's see. I guess I've been riding, how old am I? 17 years? Yeah. Um, When I was uh, my freshman year of college, living in the dorms, there was this really hot guy that lived downstairs who had a GSX-R600. So uh, naturally I dated him because he had a sport bike. So that was cool. (laughs) So a couple years later, he, um, you know, we're still dating and eventually I got tired of riding on the back. So I got my own bike and started riding and I live in San Diego. So we have a lot of really great Canyon riding to do here. So we are up at Palomar mountain a couple of days a week and dragging me on the street, which is why I call myself street squid. And I just got really lucky. I fell into like a really great group of guys who kind of saw that I was probably going to kill myself riding on the street and invited me out to a track day. And then one thing led to another and started racing. Cool. How, how long ago was it that you started racing? Um, let's see. I was 21. So, yeah. Like, I mean, it was within a year of learning to ride. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 16 yeah. years ago, I guess. I think my first race license I got was in 2004. So, was that yeah. like club racing to start? Or yeah, I started at Willow Springs Motorcycle Club. So, nice. um, yeah, I started out on 600 kind of like uh stalled out and was having a hard time like getting going like figuring out how to go faster and a bunch of my friends kind of had like an intervention on me and convinced me to sell my 600 and I got an RS125 and I raced that for a little while and kind of like started to get my confidence there mm-hmm. okay yeah a little, little smaller to start yeah smaller yeah. and like a real race bike too you know not right. like a stupid street bike <laughs> right, right. Well, no, which makes sense, right? Something that's that's set up for it, you know. And that, that's one of the things I hear people talk about, you know, is it 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 it's better to ride a slow bike fast than a fast bike slow kind of thing. Yeah. At least, especially when when you're learning, and then fine when you're ready, you know, step up to whatever. Yeah, it's funny because like I look at like the new small displacement thing, like all the four hundreds and. And I think back, and I'm I'm just really lucky that the two strokes were still a thing when I started because. Yeah. It was like a real race bike, you know, like I look at like the, I've ridden, I've ridden an R3, I've ridden the, the Cowie 400 and I'm like, they're all soft and bendy and flexy oh, okay. and you know what I mean? Okay. So just not, they, f- they feel like street bikes, I guess. Yeah. Like, I mean, not, they are not, right. Yeah, so like, yeah. 
you know, I, like I joke about it a lot. People say like, usually say kids today don't know how good they have it. But when I think of like the junior cup now, I'm like, kids today don't know how bad they have it. Like the old 125s were so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Actually, uh, Brian Honeycutt jo- just joined. I know him through some other podcasts and whatnot. He's actually a big track day guy and he like uh, does track day instruction. And, and, and Brian, you can comment here. I'm pretty sure he's got... Uh, Two, two, you know, two cycle experience and stuff like that. And actually, he just he just downgraded to a smaller track bike, so I think he's riding it's like a two fifty or something like that, like on oh, uh, yeah. go kart type tracks. But uh, so we got a question from Lynn Biggs, who wants to know if you're gonna be at the Atlanta flat track with your Royal Enfield. I will be there. Oh, nice. Yes. As a matter of fact, we're finally gonna get to race those things. So I'm real pumped about that. Oh, cool, cool. And that that's a brand new program, right? This this season. Yeah. Um basically they came out, they introduced their new six fifty twins and um Bree, who's head of marketing for the Americas and one of my really good friends, um, I was at one of the launches for it and she was like yeah, I rode it around at Summit Point, actually. And she's like, what do you think of the bike? And I'm like, I want to make a flat tracker out of this thing. It was like immediate. And so, um, man, she just went to work and she made this really cool program. It's called Build Train Race. So she picked four girls. One's a flat tracker. Uh, then there's me, the road racer. And then two girls who are basically like, um, I don't know, like one's kind of a bike builder and the other one's kind of like a personality in the riding world or whatever. And we all had to build up a flat track bike and now we're going to go race them. And I'm really pumped about it. Like the bike came out really good. It's really fun to ride and it's just going to be a really good time. Cool. Cool. Now that that's a single or a twin. It's a twin twin. Okay. Yeah. So that's so now, and so then, so which class are you going to be racing in? In the We're actually going to be like an exhibition. So it's just going to okay. be the four of us. Yeah. Okay. I think and, like, you know, technically for the hooligan class, I think they have to be 700. So it's not really like legal for anything right now. Okay. Gotcha. So, and it's just going to be at Atlanta? Like that's the only? Uh, Atlanta and then Daytona. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. So kind of, so cool. So they're doing kind of exhibition stuff, kind of like what Motor America is doing, like with the bagger class and yeah. which, which actually I just saw the post, you know, I've, I've been following those posts, but I just saw, you know, one of the bikes that's being worked on for Laguna Seca. So that looked, that yeah. looks pretty wild. <laughs> would, uh, would you, con- would you consider riding one of those? <laughs> you know, like maybe when I just like read the press release, I'm like, that would be fun. And then I saw one of the bikes in real life and, and like, I was like, yeah. not a chance. <laughs> like I want nothing to do with that, especially at Laguna Seca. <laughs> Yeah. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just I picture that they, like those things going through the corkscrew. It, it, it's, I, I mean, I, you see gnarly stuff on, you know, like race bikes and you yeah. know, ra- race cars and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know. Should be interesting. I'll be, it's, yeah. I'll be, I'm curious to see like if it if it draws in anyone else. I just, it's going to be interesting if they're going to be able to have spectators. Because yeah. I know the Ridge, right? There's no spectators just because of the whole COVID thing. And I know California yeah. is like wrestling with stuff. So, yeah. I'm afraid California is probably going to be going a very cautious route. So, yeah. so and there's a couple, there's more than one round, right? There's, um, I don't know the whole calendar, right? But so there's uh, Laguna Seca. And then what else this year is in California? Do you know? Uh, that's it. Oh, that is it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, cool. I would like to take a little break here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by the following supporters of my podcast. Thumper Club member John Gardner, also known as G4. Parallel Twin Club members Shane Patella and Jerry Vivaro. 
V-Twin Club member Harley Nemzer from the On the Road Again Motorcycle School, Triple Club member Aaron at The Motorcycle Rider, Inline Four Club members Andrew Goodman, author of the book Shiny Side Up, From First Ride to Fast Rider, and Richard Warfield Jr. of R-Dub Studios and the Loud Pipes Podcast. And V4 Club members Robbie Ciccolo Jr., the Moto America Twins Cup racer and N2 track day coach, and John Del Vecchio from the Street Skills LLC Motorcycle Riding School and author of the book and online course Cornering Confidence. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. If you feel you're getting value from my podcast and you would like to join these supporters to help grow my podcast and other motorcycle-related content and thus contribute to the growth of the sport of motorcycling, please check out the podcast supporters link on my website. And now, back to the show. Um, so what? Um, maybe talk a little bit. So I've obviously been racing for quite a while. What, what, give, me, give me your resume a little bit, like the different kinds of <laughs> racing you've done. I mean, because you, you race pretty much everything, right? You race dirt obviously you're gonna do flat track you road race i mean road racing is really my main thing um you know i came up club racing and then in 2009 i did my first handful of pro races um it was in the dmg then now it's moto america so um i raced i raced there in the 600 class from 2009 to 13 and then in 2014, I went and raced uh, in the Spanish 600 Superstock class uh, in the CEV. So I did a season there. And then 2015, I came back to race Moto America again. And then I kind of got hooked up with these with this girls racing team. Um, and we did a 24-hour race in Catalonia, and we won our class on the 600. Cool. Um, only field of all women or only team of all women. And we won our class. So that was pretty cool. Nice. So nice. then, um, I kept racing Moto America, but then also started doing world championship endurance races with that team. So they usually only do the French rounds. So we do the Bulldor and, uh, Le Mans. So I've done two of each of those with that team. And then in 2017, I just did a handful of races cause nobody knew, but I was cooking a baby. So, at some point I couldn't fit my leathers on anymore, but yeah. <laughs> that's when I, that's they don't when have, I, they don't have special leathers with the, you know, expansion. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I raced up until I was nearly five months pregnant. So, uh-huh. um, but yeah. And, and that was the year that I kind of first started to try and build my own team. So that year I had Jamie Astadio race for me in the KTM RC cup. And then the following year, uh, Corey, Ventura raced in the junior cup on an R3 and last year was just chaos. I had a kid all lined up to race super sport and he ghosted at the last minute. So, um, Josh raced Daytona. We had a great time there. And then we ended up doing most of the Moto America season in super sport with Josh just for the fun of it. Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've done a couple of just local flat track races, but I'm not that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Not just don't have the feel for it, or it's, um, just, it's different, like just different. Yeah, pavement, it's just obviously. different, and probably need more practice. I think it's probably a lot more difficult to go from the pavement to the dirt than the other way. Mm. You know, when you're used to grip, I feel like actually as I'm getting older, I'm getting like braver, and I feel like I'm still getting like I'm making big gains at things like flat track or motocross compared to like 10 years ago when I was like a lot more cautious, which mm-hmm. is weird because you'd think it would be the other way, but 
I don't know. Yeah. But it is what it is. Is it, yeah. So is it more fun being able to go left and right than just left <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, you, you say that, but every time we race, like we, we actually have a small flat track in our backyard and we can set it up like a TT and I'm garbage at it. Like if it's an oval, I can ride dirty and hang with pretty much anyone who comes here. But as soon as you add a right turn uh, to it, like I'm shot out the back. Okay. Yeah. Because then you need like actual talent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like when it's just an oval, you can just pull putt. Fake it like. (laughs) Yeah. Just get in people's way and run into them and stuff. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Interesting to know the strategy that's in that. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. We, we do, we do a lot of American super camp. So, uh, which is like a flat track school. And we were at one of them and Chris Carr was riding around with me goofing off and, we were both riding pretty dirty. He was kind of like trying to encourage me to take more risks. And afterwards he said to me, you have to always be willing to do whatever it takes to win. And that was like such an eye opener for me because I think up till then I was always like, well, you have to be the fastest person to win. And when Chris said to me that I was like, no, you don't have to be the fastest. Like you just have to be the The one that wins. Yeah, you just have to be the one that finds a way to the front, right? Yeah, well, I guess. Oh, and that's that's actually interesting, I guess, because there there is that whole mental side to racing, right? And yeah. and the strategy, and because obviously the equipment, the preparation, the training is a huge part of it. But mm-hmm. I guess ultimately, a lot is mindset. Yeah, you know, and and you you just see what what sometimes happens with racers. You know, they start out with a great season, and then it goes down the tubes, or whatever. They lose confidence, or whatever it happens to be. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of a, yeah. kind of an interesting thing. The fastest guy is not always the one that wins, you know, it's, it's the one who knows how to race. Right. Yeah. Right. And I guess that's why they call it racecraft because there's, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there is an art and a technique and whatever. It's not a time trial. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Robert, Robert Canton says, woo. So hello, oh, Robert. <laughs> and uh, my, my girlfriend, Gina joined a little while ago, so she's watching. So that's cool. I think, Hi, you know, Gina. I think I have mentioned to you that she's she's the one that kind of is responsible for getting me into this whole wacky stuff, um, which which has been really cool. You know, a bunch it was about four years ago. She wanted to start riding again, so uh, we did the motorcycle safety foundation basic rider course together because she wanted to you know just develop some street skills and I, you know I just got hooked. So she she probably she probably kind of regrets it because it's a bigger addiction for me now <laughs> than, yeah, than it is for so her. Funny. I mean she she loves it, but you know now I'm into the whole racing thing and I do the podcast and whatever. Yeah. yeah. So and anyway, so 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 that's one of the reasons I'm a huge advocate for for helping get more women into motorcycling because you know honestly, if it wasn't for her, like I always, it's funny, I always had an interest, I always liked motorcycles and whatever, just for whatever reason, just never did it. You know, so, that was me. Yeah, it yeah. always seemed really inaccessible to me. You know, like when I was yeah. you know younger, I'd see a sport bike and I'd be like, man, that looks so cool. Like I don't know how to do that. Right. You know, and it it didn't seem accessible at all until I like knew someone who was like you can do that, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we need a lot more of that, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a good point. In fact, um, I guess when I was talking to the guys from N2 Track Days, you know, they were making the point about the importance of like mentors and mentorship, you know, because what they said was, it's like pretty much for each of us, there's probably someone who gave us the gift of motorcycling, you know, someone who we knew or trusted or whatever that somehow exposed us to it. In this case, my girlfriend, you know, yeah. or, or it's friends or colleague, whatever it is. And then they kind of take you through and help you get started, you know, and they point out that 
in many ways, you know, the internet is replacing that kind of one-on-one stuff. And, and there's awesome stuff on the internet. There's great, great resources. And I talk about them on the podcast, but there's a lot of misinformation too, you know? Yeah. And so someone's like, Oh, I want to start riding a motorcycle. And they just kind of hook up with the wrong source of information and they have a bad time at it. They get hurt, whatever it happens to be. And that's like, nah, I'm, I'm this thing is too dangerous. You know, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So, you see a lot of that. Yeah. Um, even like uh, we ride a lot with a group out here called let's ride. And they're really good about when they see someone come out, it's their first time at a track day, making sure that they get a coach with them, you know, make sure someone shows them the ropes, shows them the line, shows them how to have a good time at a track day so that they don't go home and say, well, that was terrifying and I never want to do it again. You know? Yeah. 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 Give them, give people a good experience. Yeah. Uh, so Gina, Gina says no regrets on getting me hooked on motorcycling. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's good. That's definitely good to know. Um, so Robert would like to know if you have any advice for an upcoming club racer. Yes. I have so much of it. All right. All right. Go for <laughs> um, it. The, and this is like mainly based on the pitfalls that I ran into myself. The first thing I would say is get yourself a coach and think very carefully about who that coach is. If that coach had to come to you and tell you how good he is, he's probably not that good. Um, I had so much of that when I was starting out and I hate to play the girl card, but in a lot of ways, I think it was because I'm a girl. People would come out of their way to say like, Oh, Hey, you should be doing this or you should do that. Or you should be riding this or you should be riding that. And I always took it like, wow, that person is really confident in themselves. They must really know what they're talking about. And I took a lot of really, really bad advice that when I look back now, I'm like, that was really stupid. Like, I shouldn't have listened to that person. And so, um, yeah, like nowadays um, with the internet, it's so easy. There's so many good coaches out there, like really phenomenal coaches, you know? So there's a lot of crap ones too. And so I think it's really important that you know, if you want to make it in club racing, like you find yourself a really good mentor out here on the West coast, you know, Jason Pridmore has got JP 43 training. My husband uh, does the J force training. You know, these are like world championship level riders that you can sign up and yeah, it's a big investment, but um, it's one that will pay off like a lot more than any like shit you can buy and bolt on your motorcycle right like the titanium exhaust and the fancy suspension which that's fine when you get to when you're ready for it right and and you can ride at that level Mm -hmm. absolutely so um i feel like that's the biggest piece of advice just because i look back and i think of how much like time i wasted you know doing the wrong stuff developing bad habits and and stuff like that um you know and then the other thing is just like seat time you know you just Uh you gotta ride you gotta ride every fancy you you get for me um i had no money when i started so there was like a lot of wheeling and dealing um the california superbike school used to let me help fix crashed bikes in return for free track time you know so you never know if there's a way in you know maybe you can volunteer for a track day organization and you can ride a little bit so um you know you just got to be smart about about what you're doing so you're getting good seat time and if if you can't afford seat time on a road race bike then you know having the ttr 125 and riding some flat track or riding some motocross like those are all good things that are it might not seem like it but even riding in the dirt is gonna like really help with your road racing so much you know 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. That that's actually the next adventure Gina has gotten me to agree to. We're going to do some dirt dirt bike. That's uh, great. Two, two weeks it. coming up, so yeah, going to do uh, the MSF, the dirt bike school, just to just to start out. So, and for that reason, she just wants to she wants to get comfortable with sliding the bike around. And what does it feel like in a safe environment? So yeah. when you you know when you face that on the street or whatever you know yeah when you come around a corner and there's gravel across the road right. and you know you know what to do yeah. so yeah, exactly. that's huge. So, so that should be a ton of fun and then actually yeah this is a busy august for me which is really cool so in addition to like doing this podcast which is really mm-hmm. awesome and getting to see mode america next week i'm doing california superbike school um so i'm gonna get get some more experience on the track i actually started doing track days this summer so i, I did my third one a couple of weeks ago um mm-hmm. And and just along the lines of what you were saying, I mean, not applying to club racing per se, but it, it's just really interesting that, you know, the route I took was the, uh, going up to New York Safety Track and they have a rookie day program where it's basically geared for brand new people on the track. Mm-hmm. So I did that and then did their Writers Academy. And then by the third track day and it started out in novice class, I felt competent enough at what I was doing that I could actually go out and have a good time. And it was just interesting because the class that I was in, like towards the end of the day, got yelled at for being the worst novice class they've ever had at the track because there were guys, I think, that maybe have never ridden on the track. They just ride a lot of street. They didn't do any of the stuff I did. And so mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, here I am. I'm just going to, you know, pin the throttle. And, you know, they were just being reckless and really yeah, passing was, and all that kind that of stuff. That was me. When that's, I started. Well, that's the, squid, that's the squid thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean... It's funny now, like I, I was joking with someone recently that I feel like uh, the beginner, the level of the beginner group at a track day now feels maybe lower than it used to be mm-hmm. yeah. 10 years ago because you have a lot more casual track day people. Whereas I feel like 10 years ago, it was like a lot of club racers were, were the main people going out right. to track days, you know? And for me, I, I didn't even do a track day until I, I was like dragging me on the, on the street, street. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean because I was like I gotta be good enough <laughs> so um so yeah I was definitely one of those terrible people in the group when I first gotcha, started gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well you're either braver or have bigger cojones than I do because no, I'm like I'm, 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 not, I'm not dragging me till I get on the track it's stupid you know when you're 20 21 yeah, and you're I like know, I'm invincible and right, right bad decisions and I'm lucky that they didn't bite me, you know. Right, but you survived yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just Narrowly. a good thing. That's definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, so it sounds like you do ride on the street once in a while. How how often do you get to do that? Um, very rarely. Yeah. Um, just because I think riding on the track as much as we do, you definitely get a little desensitized to speed. And I think riding on the street is um, a difficult skill to do safely. You have to be so cautious. And that's like a a skill that I have not kept refined over the last 15 years, you know? So, um, yeah, I just, I don't do it that often. I think, um, you know, now the last couple of years, we've, we've been lucky Yamaha will loan us an MT10 or something fun like that, that we can keep around. And every once in a while, you know, I'll zip around on it. But right. um, it's so weird. As soon as I started riding on the track, riding on the street, like lost a lot of appeal for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, suddenly I was just like so aware of these giant masses of steel all around me and, you know, all the 
all the things that can go wrong, you know, which, um, I think if I was doing it like daily, it probably wouldn't be such a big deal. You know, I used to commute to school every day, like lane split for 40 miles to get myself to school every morning. It was no problem, no drama, never any close calls, you know, because I was in that mindset and I'm just, I think I'm just not anymore, you know? Gotcha. No, it's an interesting point though, that that is a different skill. I mean, there's obviously similarities, but street riding is a different, different set of skills than, than like riding on the track. But it doesn't surprise me that you say that. Cause I know a lot of people they're like, once they start track riding for various, either because they start racing or, or they love the speed and the adrenaline, it's just like, well, that that's just what they do. You know, and that's, yeah. that's what the, when they have the time to ride, that's where they, they go to the track. They don't ride on the street anymore. Yeah. Um, and I get to ride. So I mean, well, not as much as I you know like to, but I yeah. do get to ride at a high level, like pretty often, whether it's motocross or flat track or, so it's not like, you know, I think if I was going three weeks between riding on, you know, track days or something, it'd probably be a different story. But I do, yeah. you know, I've, I've got a little dirt track in the backyard, so I can go. Anytime, rip it, rip anytime it. you want, just go rip it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a good, like, stress reliever or something, like, if stuff is, you know, just like, you just like up to here. <laughs> it's really good um, marriage counseling. Okay. <laughs> Just send the son out with the husband and just go hit the track in the back. No, I mean like Josh and I like banging bars with each other. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, it's really fun. It's a fun thing to get to do with your best friend, you know? Sure. Yeah. So when you're like, you left the toilet seat up, watch me chop your front wheel off. (laughs) (laughs) So that's things of perspective. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. You know, it's fun. It's actually, it's a, it's a joke now at American super camp. Josh and I go and instruct there quite a bit. And we are no longer allowed to ride in the same group together. Okay. Troublemakers. <laughs> because we, uh, yeah, we start throwing other students at each other, trying to right. impede one another. And yeah, we just have yeah. some fun. Well, how, how, does the, how does the saying go? If you're not rubbing, you're not racing or something yeah, like that? <laughs> exactly. It's just like love taps, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll have to mention that to Gina. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, we, uh, we were riding Supermoto one time. There was a, a club race at Miller Motorsports Park. And the very next week was uh, World Superbike. And I was going to be doing World Super Sport. So we just stayed, you know, the week between. And they've got a really great kart track. And so Josh and I brought our Supermoto bikes. And we were out there on, like, the day that all the Superbike guys were moving into the paddock. And, I mean, we're rough with one another on the racetrack because it's fun and we trust each other, you know? So, mm-hmm. like... Our supermoto leathers, like we don't ride that much supermoto anymore, but back then they were both covered in rubber from like literally like running into one another. And it was pretty funny because we were going at it pretty hard, having a really good time. And then like looked up and it was like the fence was just like lined with, you know, like mechanics from the superbike paddock. And someone made a comment to Josh, like, you know, in broken English, you you don't get angry when you ride with her like that. (laughs) And he was like, no, she loves it. Uh, that's, funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's a great story. Have, uh, have, have you had a chance to ride on the back of Chris Ulrich's bike yet? Funny you ask. <laughs> um, it was a long time ago. We were at Fontana. Gosh, it was a really long time ago, like probably 2009 or 10. Okay. And he was curious to see if he could do a lap that would be fast enough to qualify for a super stock grid with a passenger and i volunteered to be (laughs) 
And it was at a track day on street tires with no tire warmers. And he was like, well, we got to jump out in front of everybody so we can get a clean lap. And I remember going off the back straight on diesel, the thing snapped sideways. And I remember thinking, one day we're going to be like, remember the time Chris wadded up, with, but he saved it. <laughs> but he did actually, he actually went fast enough with me on the back that he could have put himself on a stock on top, or a super stock grid. Oh, wow. It was terrifying. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah that's that's got to be an uh, even different experience. Gene and I did the ride with him last, last year at, oh, okay. uh, at Jersey Motorsports Park, which obviously I, I don't think he was pushing it that hard, but, <laughs> but it, it, it was a ton of fun, you know, and, and yeah. basically, you know, like when, when you get, you know, when you go for the ride, you know, someone asks you, Hey, you know, what's your background in riding, whatever, how comfortable you blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, Chris adjusts accordingly. So, you know, I was like, fine like whatever he wants to do is fine so it, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of i fun. think it's like really good for people to see um you know when i first started racing i did one with freddie spencer and i remember thinking jesus this dude breaks really hard like you know what i mean like i don't think i understood just how hard a breaking you know like that the pro guys were doing yep 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 yeah now when when you went for the ride did they have the the handle on the tank they did not. Okay, that that okay, yeah. okay, because that that I'm sure makes a huge difference. Because I was yes. on that thing like crazy, um, yeah. Because you know, because one of the things he mentioned is that you know he feels what the passenger's doing in the back, and he adjusts accordingly. So yeah. if you're slamming up on his back or you're you know pinching his ribs, then he knows you know he's you're at your limit, and he's got to take it down a little bit. So I did yeah. everything I could to keep my arms off of him and my body. <laughs> so by the time I got off the bike after two laps, my arms were killing me. You know, just from mm-hmm. from holding my weight off on the. This is a quick break to mention the affiliates program for my podcast. If you go to the affiliates page on my website, you'll see the companies that I have partnered with to bring you some of the motorcycle gear and services that I use myself. Not only will you benefit from their products and services, but depending on the product you choose, you may also get a discount. By using these links to make a purchase, you will also be supporting the podcast and my goal to help grow the sport of motorcycling. My affiliate partners are author Andrew Goodman and his book, Shiny Side Up, from first ride to fast rider. Bond Body Armor, which provides excellent armored gear for hot weather conditions that can also be used year-round with the cool weather gear you probably already have. Break Free, makers of the smart brake light for your helmet. Heroic Racing Apparel, designer and manufacturer of high-quality custom and off-the-rack gear for street and track riding, including leather gloves, jackets, track suits, and their armored Kevlar hoodie. Motul, which provides the Slacker digital suspension tuner, which makes it easy for anyone to set the front and rear seg on their motorcycle without needing help from anyone else. And StreetSkills LLC, which provides the Cornering Confidence book and online course, which really helped me improve my street riding skills, including the proper use of trail braking. And now, back to the show. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. I did like 10 laps on the back of Jason Pridmore's bike at Trump one time while Josh was riding around with him. Okay. And I remember like the next day it felt like I'd done like a hundred pushups. Like my arms were smoked and I'm in, it's like, I'm a rider, you know? So I felt like that was really telling is that to me was like, you got to break harder. Mm-hmm. Like however hard you're breaking, <laughs> you're not breaking you, that you hard. You can do more breaking, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, so Gina mentioned that she wants to move to your house so she can ride every day. So I love it. <laughs> you guys may have a tenant soon. <laughs> Yeah, move on in. We have RV hookups, so. (laughs) (laughs) 
And uh, all right, so Kenny Abbott joined us. So Kenny, if you got any questions, you could just shoot them in the comments there. But he said, Pridmore is always fast with a passenger. So I guess yeah. you've experienced that. Yeah, he's very fast. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty cool stuff. So given given everything you're involved in, right? I mean, you know, lead technician for Cam's team, and you know, you got this thing coming up with American Flat Track, and you have a two and a half year old son and a household and a husband and the whole thing. So like, what, what's a week, like, what's a week like for you? Like how, uh, like, how do you keep, how do you keep all the balls in the air? Um, I make a lot of lists. Okay. <laughs> um, it's just chaos. The thing is, is like from one week to the next, they're never the same, you know? Yeah. So um, for example, the week of road Atlanta, uh, Hawk stayed at our house with, my best friend who watched him. So Josh and I flew to Atlanta. We did the race weekend. Uh, Monday morning, I went to the airport and flew home. He got in the RV, drove it to Pittsburgh. I retrieved our child, flew back to Pittsburgh where I met him and my mother. And, you know, we had another race weekend. And then Monday I flew back home with Hawk and Josh is now driving cross country. The next two weeks we've got kevin olmedo who rides super sport for altus staying with us bobby fong will be down here for a couple days just doing you know a bunch of training um josh coaches a lot of guys so we'll be riding flat track and supermoto and riding our bicycles and in the middle of all that i'll be doing some side projects for road racing world and you know just like it's just chaos Yeah, yeah basically but it looks like you're enjoying it yeah, so I mean, it's motorcycles, you know? Right, so it can't, yeah, can't be bad, right? You have to be stressed about something. So at least I'm stressing about motorcycles and not like, you know, like I said, I have an accounting degree. So the fallback plan is really bleak. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So that's not, an, that's not really an option in your world. So you're just going to no. make this motorcycle thing yeah, work. Yeah, I'm just going to make it work. I, like the big joke, like I was saying all weekend – I kept joking. I've got a kid that helps me at the racetrack, Ryan. He's awesome, but he's 17. And uh, I looked up at him at one point, you know, like I'm covered in brake fluid, like from the elbows down. And I said, it just occurred to me that my seventh grade math teacher might have been right about where I was going to end up. (laughs) (laughs) What what did they say? (laughs) No, she didn't. She didn't have high hopes for me. Uh, well, yeah, but then that, that's all a matter of how you look at it, right? Like, yeah, it all worked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, um, so did you, did you and Josh see each other other than on when you're on motorcycles or like at the track? Like, because yeah. it, it sounds like you guys are pretty busy doing different things. It sucks when we're going different ways. We really don't like it. Um, yeah. when we were both racing, it was actually like a lot easier because it was every day we would wake up and get on our bicycles or go ride motocross and everything was together, but now we're both kind of trying to build our own brand, if you will. So, you know, a lot of times I'm in the workshop working on motorcycles and he might be coaching someone. Um, and then even like our side hobbies are, are a little bit different too. So when he does have some free time, he likes to golf, Mm. Okay, (laughs) which is weird, you know, but not a comment, not a comment with racers. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I never, I never could get into golf, but maybe, maybe I haven't been riding motorcycles long enough. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe like in another ten years, I'll be ready yeah, for it. Years, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, when we're home, we do like. I mean, the beauty of it is for the other than golf, like we like to do all the same stuff. So it's cool, you know. Like our, it's 
it's taken a while to find our stride, you know, mm-hmm. Josh is like a real Southern gentleman. So I think at first, um, I think I was a bit weird for him, you know, when it was like, there was a time where I'd say like, Hey, you know, do you want to go to the motocross track? And he'd be like, Oh, maybe I don't want to go tonight. And I'd be like, okay. And then I'd go outside and just load my bike up and go anyway. Right. And he was like, Oh, like that's how this is, you know? Right. So, um, but now it's cool. Cause it's like, we will go to the motocross track and, and we'll ride all morning and then we'll come home and he'll be like, Hey, I want to go golf. And I'm the one that, you know, cleans and preps the bikes for next time, you know? So I'm not real good at cooking dinner, but you know, I can have his motocross bike ready for him. So mm-hmm. straight off. There you go. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Where, yeah. where, where did you grow up? What part? Of the I grew country? up in Northern California. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And you guys are in San Diego now? We are. I beautiful, came down here. Beautiful area. I'm jealous. Yeah. I mean, you really can't beat it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah we, we actually, we did a vacation there recently. I don't, I, I don't know that we'll move there. I don't know that we can afford to, but beautiful, <laughs> beautiful place. Beautiful place. Um, yeah. So Gina said she was dying laughing about the fallback plan with accounting because she's, yeah. she's she does bookkeeping is one of the things. Oh, okay. And Kenny said, so that means you're probably handling paying all the bills at the house too with the accounting degree, but it sounds like the, the income comes from motorcycling. Yeah, right? it does. Yeah. I'm definitely like the one that handles like a lot of the grown uping around here for sure. That the uh, adulting, as they call it. Yeah, and, the adulting. You know, like yeah. I'm the one that handles a lot of that stuff. But then the flip side of that is Josh is also the one that like makes sure I because like yeah I'm really good at like paying bills and stuff, but I'm also really bad about telling him I'm going to the grocery store and coming home with an ATC seventy in the back of the truck that I found on Craigslist. <laughs> And no groceries. So um, we balance each other out. Like right. he also helps. I, you know, I can be impulsive. So he's good for stopping me from doing okay. some of that That's stuff. Good. It's a good team. Yeah. <laughs> balance one another out. So Ken- Kenny wants to know if Josh can make a good gumbo. He cannot. The dude like no. will not, cannot cook. And he won't even barbecue, which like as far as I'm concerned is breach of marriage contract. But... <laughs> Yeah. Nope. He, I think he could cook. He just doesn't want to, but I don't either. So it's a lot of takeout. That's what, that's what Gina and I do. That, that, that works. Yeah. <clears throat> Unfortunately, her son's a good cook, so he's not living here anymore, but he actually, he, yeah. he actually dropped off uh, seafood bisque. I think it was yesterday. So wow. was kind of what a great cool. kid. Yeah. Right. We should have kept him around, right? <laughs> Maybe I should get Hawkins and sort of like children's cooking class. Oh, there you go. Like cook, yeah. yeah, culinary kindergarten kind of school. I would Oh boy. Sorry. Huckleberry got excited. Oh, no I, would, I would gladly, uh, like make Hawk never have to do a single chore except like cook dinner every night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doesn't have to maintain the bikes. Just has to cook dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Based on the noise I'm hearing, I think Josh may have Josh just might be entry yeah. into the home. <laughs> so I guess he survived the trip. Yeah. Oh, there he is. So, um, so, so being that your son, spent the first five months of his, his pre-born life on a motorcycle. Like, I, I guess like, has he shown like all the, the interest in, in bikes and stuff like that? Or Yeah, it's wild. The kids got incredible balance you know, he's been riding a strider since he could walk and he's got a Stasic and a little Osset. And every time he rides, he just like blows me away. He's, he's just got, I mean, he's got really good balance for, you know, a two year old. Yeah, so that's, he that's definitely really loves cool. it, but 
I think part of that is because he doesn't know there's other stuff to do. Because <laughs> uh, well, his parents are always doing motorcycle stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, he maybe doesn't know that there are other things that exist. Yeah. Well, but whatever. That's fine. He'll find them if that's his thing, right? Yeah. Josh is looking at me going, where's our kid? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. He's around someplace. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Last I saw them, they were in the pool. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. No problem. <laughs> the dog's watching the kid, right? Yeah. Or Actually, was the dog with Josh? The dog's with Josh, and I called oh, a couple okay. girls from up the street to watch the kid. <laughs> oh, great. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because you had the babysitter all lined up. So, yeah. so that's cool. Cool, cool, cool. So um, what uh, – Obviously, you can't talk about you know secret stuff or whatever. But what's what's plans for the coming season? Like uh, anything with the team, expanding the team, changes, um, I guess know, changes like, to the bike are limited. But yeah, um, you know, for this season, it's just doing whatever I can to to help help Cameron do his job. You know, um, so he can win that stock one thousand championship. Um, you know, I just think there's like a little bit of fine tuning and finding a good setup, but. I'm sure everyone says it's about their rider, but he's definitely the most talented guy out there. So I, I think the only thing that's going to stop him from winning that championship is the rest of us not doing our job well. So that's a lot of pressure. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but then, you know, aside from that, um, you know, Daytona has been rescheduled to October. Josh, and I, Josh was on provisional poll when it got uh, postponed. Yeah, so yeah. we'll be back there in October to oh, cool. collect my Rolex. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, with with any luck, Gene and I will be down there as well. So we'll get to we'll get to see you guys race. We're just waiting to see what happens. You know, New York has like it's it's funny. Like the list of states, like we can travel to any state, right? But there's a list of at least thirty, almost thirty five states now. If you if we travel there when we come it's back, we got to quarantine for two weeks. So that, that yeah. was great. Like Pennsylvania, like like all during last week, we were like watching day by day. You know, Pennsylvania still good, still good, still good. Okay. Yeah. yeah I know. Have, I keep waiting to see if our, if our race in New Jersey will have to get canceled because of that, you know, cause yeah. so many people are coming from California. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Oh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Cause I love, I love Jersey and it's, cl- and it's close for us. That's the closest track. So yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on the situation. Hopefully. Yeah. That's still a little ways out, I guess. Um, so I'm just looking at the standings here. So obviously Cam is in, in, in the lead in the championship, 151 points. He's got a 23 point lead over Travis Wyman, which is which is mm-hmm. awesome, right? That's basically that's almost a one one win, right? Wins 25 yeah. points for Stock 1000. Yeah. I thought Corey I thought Corey Alexander was P2. Is he not? No, three. According to this, this oh. Da, 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 super. Oh wait, you know what? I'm sorry. This is super. Okay, this is oh, super bike cup. Is yeah. that that's different uh, yeah, yeah. than? No, yeah, but that's that's a good one too, though, because that's got a big championship bonus at the end of the year. <laughs> oh, nice, cool, cool, cool. All right, lots of celebrating at the end of the year, then hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so maybe can can you just explain a little bit like the super bike cup, how that works? Like I, I know Cam's busy because he's you know yeah. like he had like two stock one thousand races this weekend, and then he was racing with the super bikes as well, right? So basically, four yeah. four races this weekend. Right. So basically what they did this year was um, they were, I, I imagine the reasons for doing it were a couple, but one was the, to thicken up the superbike field a little bit. But um, basically if you are in stock 1000 and you meet the right uh, lap time qualifications, you are able to race in the superbike class as well. Um, you get 
a free set of tires. So basically to do that extra race costs you nothing. Um, and I think the idea of that is for one. So some of these guys that are racing stock 1000 and are potentially going to point out and not be allowed to race it anymore to show them that they can be competitive in Superbike. you know, mm-hmm. for example, you know, Cameron finished eighth in Superbike on a stock on a super stock bike, you know? Right. So yeah. I think it's a chance to kind of see in case you want to make that jump the next year, like what it will take to, to make it. And then the, the other part of it that I mentioned before is at the end of the year, it's a pretty big cash bonus for whoever wins the Superbike Cup. Superbike Cup. Okay, gotcha. So then, yeah. okay, so then, so Cam's in two championships. So Stock 1000, yeah. right, which is mm-hmm. all the just guys just racing Stock 1000 and then against the guys that are racing also in the Superbike races. Yeah, so like the Stock 1000 is all about getting that number one plate and the Superbike Cup is all about getting that that check check which is which is nice too bragging rights are great right but yeah money yeah. is fun money is fun too money is well you know you need <laughs> and, it to race, and, it, so. and it, well uh, yeah and it's a business right i mean you know it's pro it's yeah. pro racing so that's mm-hmm. just the way it yeah, yeah. that's cool that's cool um any, anything else you wanted to just go over or talk about you know we've been chatting for for about an hour like i mean just whatever to encourage people get into yeah. the sport into doing what you're doing I mean, I just think, uh, you know, the people out there, like if you're, if you're not riding, go learn to ride. And if you just learned to ride, go do some track days, like mm-hmm. and all of you people, please come out to the races and watch us race. Cause yes. it's super fun. I mean, did you have a good time? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we were, we were, we were sweating. Well, I was sweating my, you know, what's off Gina was yeah. also sweating <laughs> Yeah. because uh, we were running around the track, taking pictures and stuff. And we, we're, yeah. we're not yet smart enough to arrange to have a scooter or a golf cart or something. Right. So it's like, you know, just yeah. running here, there, but it's so much fun, you know, just getting, yeah. you know, I got to meet you briefly, just walking around, you know, just getting to know people. Everybody is super, super friendly. You know, as long as they're not in the middle of getting ready for getting out on the track, they're willing yeah. to park. And, you know, it's just, it's just yeah. really cool it's just really accessible so it's it's great for fans because you can interact with the teams and the racers and you know yeah that's the that's the key word right there i always tell people is, is really accessible it's the only form of motorsports where they let you right walk right up into the pits you yeah. know get a chance to watch everyone working and see the riders and do everything and you know if you've only watched racing on tv like you've got to get out to a race because there's nothing like it you know i've been doing it this long and when i hear all the engines revving for for a start of a race it still like makes my heart go pitter-patter you know it it, it is such a cool thing just driving up to the track we didn't get there till saturday morning but just driving you know up the the roadway from the main road into the complex and you hear warm-up you know you just hear the bikes going around the track it's yeah it's definitely some kind of drug you know yeah it's pretty cool um so I, i don't know maybe you know rich grabowski Said you did an awesome job last weekend at Pitt, and uh, they're so proud of you and Cam. Oh, thank you. That's cool. And uh, Lynn, so Lynn Biggs said it was great listening in. So, oh, awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks, guys. And Kyle's, Kyle Bowen. You know Kyle? Oh, yeah. Okay. He says, What's up, awesome. Kyle? He says, You're awesome in the paddock. A great compliment to Cam's talent. So, that's, that's oh, cool. God. So, you, so, you have a lot of fans out there, too. <laughs> Stop it. Keep going. <laughs> oh, I'm getting the <laughs> All right. Um, so if, if people want to reach you, follow you on social media, what's, what's the best? 
Yeah, um, definitely Instagram's like my preferred just because it's easy. easy. Um, yeah. And I'm just at Melissa Paris 13. Um, everything that's on Facebook is usually just like a copied over, but definitely like uh, if people have questions, message me. I always answer every DM I get. I love chatting with people. I love this stuff. Um, I like to put a lot of stuff in my story about projects I'm working on. You know, when I, I built a brand new R1 race bike for myself from the ground up this winter and, you know, I like detailed every step of the way. Like I love sharing that stuff with people and seeing what questions people have or the way that they think do things differently. So I, I just, I really like interacting with people like that because it's really fun to kind of see where other people are coming from and what they're into. So yeah, definitely, definitely awesome. come find me on Instagram. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll include the link in the show notes because this will go out as the podcast as well. I mean, people will be able to find, yeah, they're watching now, they'll be able to find it, you know, on uh, on my Facebook page. So thank Very you cool. to thank you to everyone who's been watching. Um, if you know anyone who's into podcasts, send them over to the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast where they can listen in. They won't have the benefit of the video, but that's fine. <laughs> and uh, Melissa, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's been a ton of fun. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I hope hope everyone listening enjoyed it. So, uh, Thank yeah, you. if you want to hang tight, I'm going to shut down the feed. We could chat a little bit. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Good night, everybody. If you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes, just point your web browser to SoYouWantToRideAMotorcycle.com or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app. If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at soyouwantaride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle-related photos and content. Just search for So You Want to Ride or find the links on my website or, again, in the podcast notes. There are two big ways you can help support the show. One is free and one is paid. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, you can donate using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher or just click the donate link at the upper right on my website. I also now have a podcast supporters page on the website, which lists all of the listeners who are supporting the podcast. Total donations of $5 to $9 will make you a member of the Thupper Club, where I'll list your name and any social media links that you want to provide. Donations of $10 and up will make you a member of one of the other clubs where I'll include your photo and biography as well as any links you want to provide. Any commercial organization that would like to support the podcast to help promote their products and services can contact me directly for the available options. All donations will be put to very good use to cover operating expenses and to help promote and expand the podcast. Anything you care to donate will be greatly appreciated. The free way to help is just help me spread the word so we can continue to grow my online and listener communities. So please share the link to my podcast and my social media with family, friends, and coworkers. And also, please leave me a rating and some comments on iTunes and any other place where you can leave feedback or mention the show. As always, thank you for listening. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride. (laughs) 